You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. Hello, this is... Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcasts. And I have Frank McGillan. He's the uh, COO of Quell Relief. Uh, their motto appears to be reclaim your life from chronic pain. And the website is Quell, Q-U-E-L-L, relief.com. So, Frank, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Richard. Yeah, so what, what inspired you to, uh, you know, to be involved with Quell Relief? Um, you know, did the founders have, have pain or, you know, what was the motivation? Yeah, so so our, our company, Neurometrics, has been around for a number of years, and our, our background is diagnostic tests used for degenerative nerve disease, which um, overlapped with the chronic pain space. And we were looking at the fact that you know, you've got a large number of people suffering from chronic pain. It's over 100 million Americans. Um, and the current really? alternatives, you know, 100 million Americans suffer from chronic pain. Wow. More than, <clears throat> more than cancer, diabetes, and heart disease combined. That's almost and, a third of all Americans. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, one of one one of three, and and if you look at you know sort of the opioid epidemic, it's I mean it's kind of not surprising. You have that many people suffering from chronic pain, and you know for too long the alternative has been just prescribe prescribes powerful drugs like opioids that you know you, you start having a problem. But you know we started looking at you know the chronic pain issue because uh, you know the part of our diagnostics were around peripheral neuropathy and neuropathic pain. And we saw this huge untapped opportunity where a large group of, of people are suffering. And the current alternatives aren't great. Um, yeah, I mean, opioids have very obvious side effects, but even other commonly prescribed pain medications have a lot of side effects that patients don't like. And even if you look at OTC drugs, where if you're using constantly using OTC medications, have issues like you know Tylenol or Aleve, have potential for for um, um, kidney and GI issues. So we just saw it as a big opportunity to to apply technology to solve a, a large a large societal problem. Yeah, it makes sense. My wife was in the hospital for a while and. They put her on OxyContin, and they said, oh, have a nice day. And they told her nothing about, you know, the possibility of getting addicted and the side effects and all that. And it's terrible. It's like a deal with the devil. I started reading about it, and I was like, oh, my God, we got to make sure to taper her off of this and not too fast. And I mean, it, it was bad, but um, it worked out. But I know, like, and even, like you said, NSAIDs, you know, ibuprofen, aspirin, et cetera, they can cause you problems if you use them too much. I had a friend that had um, 
you know, terrible GI problems from that. He was taking them for a few months every day. And so it makes sense what you're saying. Yeah, and we hear from chronic pain patients that, you know, they're really looking <clears throat> for non-medic or drug-free alternatives because they, you know, they see the, the side effects. They've, you know, they've lived the side effects. So they're looking for ways to basically manage their pain so they can get back to living, but, you know, not have the side effects that may actually, you know, in some cases be worse than the disease itself. So what does um, Quell do? How does it work? Yes, it quells, it's a wearable neurostimulator. Um, so the device, it's about the size of a credit card. So it's small, um, a little bit thicker than a credit card, and it's worn in a band on your calf. And what we're doing is stimulating the sensory nerves and sensory nerves with high-frequency um, electrical stimulation. And this triggers a response that blocks pain signals. Why on your calf? Why not at the site of the pain? Well, you know, what we try to do was design design the product both to um, be comfortable to wear 24-7 you know, or FDA cleared even for use while sleeping. And, and many people have pain at night while they're sleeping. But the calf is just a very convenient place to stimulate sensory nerves. It's um, highly innervated, so you have a lot of nerves in, in that area. Um, but if you think about wearing a device, um, you know, wearing a band around your calf, it's relatively discreet um, and comfortable to wear all, you know, all day long and potentially while sleeping. So it's just a, a really convenient place to stimulate nerves. But if I have pain in my head or in my arm, if I wear it on my calf, will it still work? Or is it better to transfer it to my arm or can I even do that? Well, we find that the device is most effective for lower extremities, so low back and um Low back, leg, um, knee pain, um, and less effective on sort of upper extremity. We we actually you know suggest that uh, for things like high, high migraines and headaches, that Quell's not you know, probably not the best solution, and that's um, because we found from our data that we tend to be better in, in body pain than sort of headaches. So what what happens to the body? What's the mechanism of action that makes this work, and does it do anything to blood pressure or heart rate? variability or any other um, vitals? Yeah, well, the mode of action is, is um, you know, the research shows that, you know, electrical stimulation um, can trigger a response in the central nervous system. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the mode of action is basically around activating the, cent the descending pain inhibition system. Um, and, you know, there's technologies that have been doing that for years, ranging from, uh, implantable spinal stimulators on one end of the spectrum that are, you know, very effective since it's 24-hour stimulation and you know, all the way down to TENS devices. But what we've been able to do is through applying wearable technology, um, de develop a, a device that can be worn 24-7, um, can stimulate um, sensory nerves over a long period of time and, you know, basically help deliver really excellent results for, for chronic pain. Very cool. So um, you put it on and then what, what will users experience once they wear it? Well, hopefully pain relief. Um, yeah, but the, the overall experience when you're wearing the device, the first time you use it, there's a calibration to determine the right level of stimulation based on factors like your nerve health, body mass, et cetera. Um, but once it's properly calibrated, it's a buzzing sensation. We say it should be strong yet comfortable. Um, you know, it may take for some people feel results relatively quickly. Other people, particularly if they've had chronic pain for years, it may take a couple of weeks before they start feeling the effect. But, you know, you feel it. It's a buzzing sensation. People say it's, you know, they're glad to know and be able to feel that it's working. Um, it should never be painful or, um, or cause like muscle spasms. So it should be, we say, strong but comfortable. Um, so you said it can take, it's, so it's not instant relief. It can take a period of time for it to act. 
or is it a slow buildup of relief? It, it, kind of, it, it depends on the individual. I mean, chronic pain is very complex. Um, you know, if you think about sort of the physiology of pain, it's, 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 uh, it's complex, which is why there's not sort of one, one size fits all in terms of the solution. Um, but, you know, particularly with people where there's a central sensitization, which, you know, if you've had chronic pain for years, um, you know, often the, this, you know, what's caused that initial um, pain or that, that initial issue, that's often resolved. But you have, you know, with central sensitization, your hypersensitivity to different sensation. So in that case, it can take several weeks to resolve. Um, in other cases, you know, again, the, 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 re the response is much quicker. And that's why, you know, we, we really um, focus with new users to recommend that they, you know, give it three to four weeks before they um, of consistent use to try it. Um, we offer a money-back guarantee to make sure we're giving people an adequate, adequate period to, to try it. And, you know, we made some upgrades hmm. to the app um, that we announced at CES this year. We borrowed some techniques from gamification to really help engage that chronic pain patient in that first 30 days of usage um, to make sure we're giving. Hey, you know what I was, uh, you know what I was thinking is that when people use this, they're very likely to be on pain meds. So you know, let's say they take I don't know two pills of whatever twice a day, and they start using this. I, I would think there's fear from them. You know, what do I do? Do I just take one pill a day and see if I get pain? Like, how do you, it's weird now that I think about it, how do you ease someone into it, you know, because there's that fear of reducing their pain meds and being in pain, but they, they probably have to do that in order to see, okay, uh, my pain is less and I only took one pill instead of two. Like, how do you do that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we, based on our, you know, conversation with chronic pain patients and pain specialists, you know, we do find that sort of a toolkit approach tends to work best. So, you know, it may include medication, it may include alternative therapies like physical therapy or acupuncture and, and devices like Quell. I mean, generally people are finding over time, if you're getting positive response from Quell over time, um, the user or the patient figures out quickly that they're able to reduce their, the dosage on pain med meds. So, you know, I think it's, it's an individual basis. Um, but, you know, we do know that if, you know, if folks are able to reduce their, their levels of medication. So, you know, if you're on X milligrams of, um, gabapentin a week, or sorry, daily, if you can reduce the, the dosage, you can significantly re reduce side effects. So that's, even if you're not eliminating the, the, the medication, there's still benefit to just reducing the dosage. What, are there any tips or tricks on how to do that though? I mean, like when... You know, or people just got to figure out on their own. And, you know, I know everyone's different, but there's got to be some yeah. wisdom on what to do. Well, we would, you know, in, in terms of reducing pain medication, we would always, you know, suggest the patient consult with their physician. Um, we're, you know, we can't really advise give, not knowing the patient, not knowing their profile and the specific medication. So in that case, you know, to some extent, I think there's patients know if they're getting relief and if they're using some medications for breakthrough pain, for example, they may not need that in the future. But in terms of, you know, if you're looking at a, a sort of a process to sort of wean off of medication, we would always recommend they talk to their, their physician. Okay. Um, any other experiences people have had that, uh, you know, was interesting or unusual to you? You know, results uh, they've had that surprised you? I think, you know, we, we get a lot of letters and, you know, if you look at our reviews, we, we hear a lot of people have just said Quell's been sort of that life changer for them. You know, they've, they've been trying medications, they've been trying other procedures, and frankly, the chronic pain patients feel to some extent like 
they're abandoned. Um, it's been called a uh, you know the the silent epidemic because you know you know if if you have uh, you know many 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 chronic or many chronic conditions you, you know it's pretty obvious for pain you look no different than any, than anyone else. Um, we've also heard that chronic pain patients are feeling stigmatized by the whole opioid epidemic, um, and it makes sense given all the all the all the stuff in the news, and and that's driving some uh, driving some behavior that that's uh, things like you know not necessarily sharing fully with the with their physician. So you know we we what we're trying to do is be an advocate for the chronic pain patient um, to make sure that yeah that. They know that they're, you know, being listened to, that their disease is real or the condition is real, and provide alternative treatments for them. So, what happens after someone uses this device for a while? Do they get, um, does the effect deaden, or do they get diminishing returns, or does it keep working? You know, we people have been using Quell for for many years now, so um, there shouldn't be a major um, diminishment of uh, of efficacy. It's possible that. Over time, you may need to recalibrate so you have at a higher level of electrical stimulation. Um, but we actually do a lot of things in the technology the desensitization. Um, so, for example, you know, we, we dose an hour on, an hour off. Uh, <clears throat> we randomize the frequency around 80 hertz, which basically helps confuse the brain so it doesn't lock in on one, um, one signal. So we do a lot of things to really minimize it. Um, and... You know, but but there's always the option of recalibrating or, or adjusting the stimulation upwards if need be. Have you seen that um, this device has secondary results that you didn't anticipate? You know, does it uh, can it be used and tuned so that it helps you sleep? You know, if it has the same frequency over and over and over to lull you into sleep, or can it be used for other things? So our, you know, our FDA indications all about chronic pain. Um, you know, we're the only um, OTC. Um, Therapeutic device is also pain device. It's also approved for or FDA cleared for use while sleeping. Um, we found sleep is a huge um, um, usage indication because um, pain significantly impacts people's sleep. And there's also a reverse um, uh, reverse impact of that in the fact that if you don't sleep well, it can actually exacerbate your sensation of pain. So we find, you know, a lot of people are they're buying it for pain, but they're saying they're sleeping better because their pain's not interrupting their sleep. And you know, we're able to measure actually impact on pain, also activity and gait. Um, you know, as a wearable device or a connected device, you know, our device is, is tracking sleep, so it's tracking everything from you know how long you were asleep, sleep interruptions. We even track things like repetitive leg movements, um, activity and gait. Um, gait, there's a high linkage between. Um, Pain levels and uh, gait, gait abnormalities. So we try to track, you know, track basically quality of life measures through the device to help provide feedback for the user over time. Well, how does it work when the FDA clears you for chronic pain only? Are you allowed to even talk about off-label uses, or like, how does it work legally? Uh, we're not, you know, we we really talk about Quell as a pain relief device. So you know, we can talk about the fact that Quell, you know, will help reduce your pain. Um, so you don't have pain interfering with your sleep. That's you know, consistent with our labeling. But we, we would never talk about any kind of off-label usage. Just uh, not allowed. Okay, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Okay. Well, what happens if you do discover there is a, another use of it? Do you have to go to the FDA and do like a separate study and try to get that use uh, approved as well? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we found there was another use case for Quell that was outside of chronic pain, we would need to gather data. Um, and depending on whether there was another, you know, the predicate device, it would either be a 510K or it might be a de novo application. But, you know, if we wanted to use our technology for something other than other than pain, we would have to go back to the FDA for, for additional clearances. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious about that. I know you're not an attorney and it's not legal advice. I was just curious. Um <laughs> You know, just curious to ask you, you know, that's all. Yeah, no worries. Okay. So what, um, what's next for the device? Like what improvements or future uh, devices are coming out, you know, what, yeah. you know, in the next year or so or a few years? Well, one thing we're really excited about is we're, applying, we're bringing AI into, into the Quell device. Um, that'll be launching later this year. And, you know, over the past four years, we've collected data, um, millions of hours of data from Quell users. And we finally have a large enough data set that we're able to look and apply machine learning to that to that data set to improve the algorithm device to make it smarter and actually make it more personalized to the individual pain sufferer. Um, that will be rolling out um, later this year, and we're pretty excited about you know, the, the additional personalization that'll bring. So what's what's the typical response? Is it that someone's pain goes away completely, or is it just does it goes away partially and they still have to rely on? painkillers or you know like what's the range of possible outcomes you've seen yeah i think the typical user um is saying that that their pain is turned down to the level that it doesn't interfere with their life and and we hear you know repeatedly from chronic pain sufferers that you know i'd love to have it go away to zero but frankly if it get if you can lower it to a volume where it's not getting in the way of traveling it's not getting in the way of work it's not getting in the way of going to my kid's soccer soccer game i can function that that's a huge win. And, um, you know, that's really what we're striving for is helping people reclaim their life. So what's, um, you know, kind of going backwards in this, but what are the effects of chronic pain on someone? You know, what what does science observe that it does to people? I'm sure it mentally wears them down, but, you know, what else does it do? Well, uh, you know, I mentioned sleep. There's a huge inter- in, um, interplay between chronic pain and sleep. People who, who um, are in chronic pain don't sleep well. Um, that not only exacerbates pain, but it also leads into other uh, other impacts. Um, there's a high linkage between chronic pain and mood disorders, uh, you know, things like depression and chronic pain, and um, also impact in terms of activity levels. So people are in pain, they're not as active, and, and you think for certain conditions, so for example, a diabetic with chronic pain, you know, one of the best things they could probably be doing is getting out and about. But if you're in pain, you know, that may not seem like a good idea. Uh, so we find it, you know, it sort of really does at, hit most, uh, all aspects of people's life from mood, relationships, sleep, activity. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're not in a good mood and you're in pain, you're going to, you know, you won't be friendly or nice to your family members or coworkers or friends. And I'm sure it hurts your relationships and, you know, it, it probably causes depression after a while thinking that, you know, this is your lot in life and you're going to be in pain forever. And I'm sure it affects Absolute. everything. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. I mean, if you're if you're in pain all the time, you can imagine that it's going to affect you know all aspects of your life, both sort of fun- physically and emotionally. Okay. Well, very good. So um, you have your AI assisted uh, Quell product coming, but um, what do you see as the the future of uh, you know the pain industry? Where is it going? You know, in addition to what you're doing. Well, you know, we did a survey amongst uh, 1,500 chronic pain sufferers. 
um, in 2018, just to, again, it was try to understand the impact of both the disease, the opioid epidemic. And what we heard is, you know, loud and clear is that, that people are looking for drug-free alternatives. Um, and if you look at, you know, particularly in, in the U.S., you know, medication is still the primary primary modality for treating pain. So, you know, for us, you know, we're really focused on making people aware of the fact that, you know, technology can be a really viable and effective solution for their chronic pain and continuing to build awareness for that, um, as well as as we gather more data, real-world evidence from, from the device, and uh, we're able to, again, kind of build the science and help contribute to the science of chronic pain. Okay. All right. Very good. So uh, what's the best way for people to find out more about the device and get one for themselves? Yeah, they could they could visit our website, which is quellrelief.com. That's Q-U-E-L-L relief, R-E-L-I-E-F.com. And on our website, we've got, you know, our, um, all of our research is there, all the information about our, you know, Quell technology. So we'd really encourage people to check it out. All right. Well, very good. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. Thank you.